At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. A warm up really low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas. The Coast to Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops, and now part of the Easton Family of Podcasts. And we do have a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by one of our friends over there at Heat Check CBB. Heat Check CBB just provides so much great college basketball content in general. And Brian Roth is one of those gentlemen. He also hosts the podcast, the Open Roth Podcast. Rough spelled R-A-U-F. You're able to find that podcast wherever you get this one. In the second segment, we're going to be chatting with them just about how, with regards to the transfer portal, it's not necessarily about the quantity that you wind up getting, but how the teams have utilized it the best. I've just found one or two key pieces. I do think that that's something that we should be hitting upon. We're going to be looking at some of the marquee guys that are still out there in the transfer portal. Some of these guys that have difficult decisions as to whether or not to go back to where they came from college, to go into the transfer for portal or to stay in the NBA draft. We've got a few of those exceptions as well, so we're going to have that chat and we're also going to be looking at some of the teams that have been under the radar doing a great job out there in the transfer portal and a little bit of what we've seen the last few days. So, as you can tell, a nice wide-ranging chat with Brian in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we did see quite a few nice impact moves in college basketball, including the biggest piece of news is a guy returning to where he was from for an NCAA tournament team and a solid one at that last season. So, we're going to be touching upon that. And if you do like returning from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you are able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to be able to get interactive and fire in wherever you would like to with regards to a question comment, segment, idea, what have you. You've got one or two ways to be able to send in those questions. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind letters M. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five the five star review really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but we've got a nice wide-ranging chat with Brian coming up next right here on Coast Coast Seats with myself, Dave Spears, and now a part of Leeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We're back here in Las Vegas for Ghost Kissing with myself, Jacob Pierce, and now a part of the Easton Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guests. As Brian Roth is doing a terrific job over there at CBB. he also does the podcast Hope and Roth, and he does that with Connor Hope, another man that is joining this podcast, another great gentleman over there at CBB. They both do great work, and with Brian right now, he's doing a lot of written work over there at CBB. They're doing a lot of great specials, being able to just keep up with everything that we've got in the transfer portal getting set for next season as we wind up getting more and more information available and they have their finger at the pulse of all of it. And to be able to follow Brian on Twitter, that is at the letter B, his last name, R-A-U-F, and then the numbers three and three, that is all together. And Brian, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I do appreciate the fact that we have been getting just a lot going down in college basketball the last month or so ever since the Nets have been cut down. There has been no sleep for us getting set for the upcoming college basketball season, and something that we've noticed in the last few days hasn't necessarily been the big transfers. We saw that a few weeks ago, but we saw a couple of very key returning players. Khalil Shabazz, he is going to be back at San Francisco for this next season. We wound up seeing Antoine Davis deciding to return to Detroit, and those are two schools that are mid-majors, and 
I would be hard-pressed to say that Detroit is going to be the favorite in the rising league, San Francisco, with the existence of Gonzaga. No question, they're not going to be the favorites out there in the West Coast Conference or anything like that. But those are two big deal, I guess you call them returns, for both of those schools. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think it keeps both relevant when they may not have been otherwise, right? Like San Francisco obviously had Todd Goldenley for Florida, but as returning gives them some semblance of the star power they had last year when they made the NCAA tournament. So having him back, I think, helps sort of them handle the blow, softens softens the blow a little bit. And then certainly for, for Detroit bringing Antoine Davis back, that's huge. He's got a great chance to end up after the season being the second leading scorer in college basketball history. I don't think anybody's ever going to catch Pete Maravich. And I think <laughs> Davis's career showed us that. But you know, he at least makes them a threat in the horizon and is going to be one of the storylines throughout the season because of his quest to be the number two scorer in, in college basketball history. For both those programs, they're going to stay in headlines and stay relevant when if those two opted elsewhere, I don't think that'd be the case. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that for both of those schools, those are very big. And I almost do feel like having some of these guys be able to return is bigger than any sort of a transfer that you can wind up getting because just what we've noticed with regards to college basketball and a lot of these title teams is that just having that chemistry does matter. Baylor a few years ago won the title and obviously they wanted to bring in a lot of transfers, but those transfers were around for two, three years. It's mm-hmm. not one of those cases in which they just wound up teaming up a few months later, boom, they wind up winning a title. You don't really see a lot of teams that wind up going the one and done route wind up winning a championship either, unless if they have Anthony Davis on the roster. <laughs> well, Anthony Davis says don't wind up growing on trees, so that is yep. a little bit of an issue. So I do think that it is a big deal that you wind up having those guys come back. Someone like Hunter Dickinson going back to Michigan. I mean, even for Georgia, who I don't think that Georgia is going to be winning a title or anything, but Gary Oquendo coming back for them, a school that was very downtrodden and a team that was led by a knucklehead last year and Tom Crean picking up Mike White. That's a big deal for them because now they're able to have that upward trajectory. Well, Mike White is a little bit of a knucklehead too. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, he I'm is, kidding. but he's not Tom Crean. So that's, <laughs> that's good news. True. That is that is very true. And you're absolutely right. The programs that we've seen have success in the transfer portal era have been ones who fill a single hole or maybe two holes with a transfer and aren't building teams out of transfers. Because as you mentioned, whether it's transfer portal or or an incoming recruiting class, a freshman class, having continuity matters. Having some chemistry matters. It's not everything, but it, it certainly raises the ceiling and raises the baseline for a team. So if you're a fan out there and uh, being local in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'll look at UNC. They're in the market for some players to kind of plug and play in that Brady Manic type role. If you are a fan of a team looking for transfers, I think you're looking for more of that situation or hoping for more of that situation where you're just trying to find a guy to fill a particular role rather than trying to build a team because that means you're you're going to be set up for success next season. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that these guys coming back, I mean, we'll throw in there Colin Castleton at Florida. That's exactly. a big deal for Huge. them as well. Man, that is going to be absolutely massive. And to your point, typically with regards to the transfer portal, you plug in their one or two holes. That's very good. Trying to build an entire team out of transfers, that's not necessarily the case. As we do, O'Brien Roth joining me on the podcast, and I think that that's a big thing because we notice it with a team that I just want to mention, Michigan. They're really the one team out there in the Big Ten that year in and year out, they've been consistently making the second week of the NCAA tournament. Typically, they wind up bringing in that one guy. Like this last mm-hmm. year, it was Devontae Jones who was able to fill that guard spot. Mike Smith, a few years ago, he was able to do a solid job. Just the teams that they went to the title. 
Brady Manick was that big guy for North Carolina. Remy Martin was that big guy for Kansas. The rest, it was a lot of guys that wanted to return the previous year. And I do think that that's a blueprint. You want to be diving into the transfer portal, not utilizing it at all. That is just wasting a very good tool at your disposal. At the same time, you don't want to be having a situation where you wind up having like all but two of your scholarship players coming in via the transfer portal that year, and you're trying to just pretty much do a 75-plus percent turnover every single year. That's just not sustainable either. Oh, it's not. And we've seen it with Kentucky as they've tried to do it with freshmen. Uh, and then, you know, it was a team of mostly transfers last year. They fell flat on their face in the tournament against St. Peter's. Texas is the other team who brought in a whole bunch of transfers, and they struggled all season. Treats their expectations. It's, it's an interesting deal because to use the portal well are tempted to grab a lot of guys to plug and play. But there still has to be a, a clear focus on development. And high school recruiting, I think, because we have seen now with a, with a few years of, of data that transfer built teams, essentially one year teams of free agents, aren't necessarily the, the blueprint for success, or at least don't have success at the same rate that teams who have built somewhat organically have. You use it to, one thing the transfer portal is great for when it's used properly is allowing coaches to essentially rebuild on the fly, right? And so instead of taking a year or two to be like, oh, we need a stretch for this guy just graduated or left here early than we thought he was going to. We're just not going to have that position this year. We need to recruit really well for it next year. It eliminates that and you're now going to go pursue that and plug it in so where this team next season is not going to struggle because of one person's uh, unexpected development and, and decision to leave early, right? Those are the, the situations and the coaches who know how to use it properly. That's the sweet spot for it, I think. Yeah, I do think so. Being able to bring in a few key pieces, guys that are going to make an impact. Someone like a Brady Manic, who he was a double-figure scorer. He wasn't the number one guy, but when needed to, he could really be able to hold down the fort, keep a team in it for a half. That is something that is absolutely massive for a team to have and just taking a look at the way that a lot of these title teams have been built in recent years even when Gonzaga want to make it the national title even as far back as 2017 they wound up having a couple transfers Mm -hmm. that wound up having a big impact on that school as well so going to be very interesting to see how teams wind up being able to build both this season and moving forward as we do have Brian Rolfe joining me on the podcast and Brian we still do have quite a few interesting teams or interesting guys that are currently available in the transfer mm-hmm. portal. As we know, a lot of the big names are off the board, like your Nor- Norchad Omir, along Fadas Amick when it comes to the big men, Nigel Pack, you wind up having Kendrick Davis, guys like this when it comes to the cards. But I take a mm-hmm. look at someone like Kenny Lofton, who's still out there, Imani Bates with the right fit. I think mm-hmm. that that could be very rock solid for them. I mean, the list goes on and on. I just wound up naming off two of them, but taking a look at the guys that are currently available. Is there a few that you just take a look at and you think that they could make a real difference depending upon where they wind up going? Yeah, I think Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State, if he lands in the right situation, he is a bona fide scorer and an efficient scorer at that. I don't think he can come in and be you know, your number one go-to guy on a really good power conference team, but he's somebody who can be a second or third option and take you pretty far in the NCAA tournament in that role if he's given some freedom offensively. So I'll be interested to see where he goes. Malachi Smith, one SOCOM player of the year. He entered the transfer portal from, from Chattanooga. His coach obviously left and went Paris for South Carolina. He's somebody who, at times in the NCAA tournament game against Illinois, looked like the best player on the court. Certainly the one of the best perimeter players on the court. He's somebody who uh, has experience 
has size. He's not going to be intimidated by the size that comes along with power conference. So he's one to look at as well. You mentioned Imani Bates. I think he's probably the most intriguing simply because we know what he did in high school. We know the hype he came with. We also know he really struggled in his first year at Memphis. And there were a lot of different reasons for that. Either a school is looking to get somebody who might be overhyped and be a bigger headache than he's worth because he expects a certain number of shots, expects a a certain role, and may not live up to that. On the flip side, you could also get somebody who now he's 18 years old. Now he's at the age where he would have been a freshman before he reclassified. Maybe grew up a little bit during his first year playing college basketball and taps into a little bit more of that talent, makes some smarter decisions. If he hits, I mean, he could be one of the best players in college basketball this season. And, and having that guy available, I think, this late is rare. And so I'm interested to see, one, who he takes a chance on, uh, but two, who ends up landing him and taking a chance on him. And quite a few of these guys are guys that are currently entered into the NBA draft as well. If I'm not mistaken, Malachi Smith and Kenny Lofter are both guys that currently have their name in for the NBA draft. And I feel like we all forget about this guy because I mean, he had a season that was forgettable. Pat Baldwin Jr., he's got his name yes. in for the transfer portal. If he does wind up coming back to school, I think that would be intriguing as well because we talk about Imani Bates. If he would have came out for this year's class, he most likely would have been the number one guy. And if he's on the number one, well, he's at the very minimum a top five guy. And for Pat Baldwin Jr., so places at him as high as a top five recruit mo- pretty much everywhere had him as high as a top 10 recruit if he winds up deciding to jump into the transfer portal because well Milwaukee canned his dad during the offseason so he's certainly not going to be going back there and quite honestly Mm -hmm. I think that Milwaukee might at this point be a city of horrors for him at this point with the way that that wound up going his freshman year Mm -hmm. I think that that would be very intriguing as well because talk about a guy with a lot of upside and a guy that just did not wind up delivering there you go right there and if he's able to find the right fit, it could be tremendous. And then we also saw what he did at UW-Milwaukee, not necessarily the world's highest level of competition, and he was just flat out of bust. And he has a little bit of the Imani Bates intrigue from a, a different standpoint because he was a, a five-star prospect, a top five or top ten recruit, depending on what service he looked at. Fit that bill, played on Team USA, the U19 team, World Cup team over the summer, and showed flashes of being awesome, like really, really awesome. He's one of the best players on that team for certain stretches. But then went to Milwaukee, as you mentioned, dealt with injuries and struggled against lesser competition. So he's cooled off a little bit. He was projected to be a top five, top 10 pick. Now he's like a fringe first rounder, may or may not go in the first round. He's still in a position where if he didn't come in with all that hype, you're looking at a tough decision about whether you stay or go to the NBA draft. Because obviously, if you get picked in the first round, you get that guaranteed contract. It makes all the sense in the world. You're guaranteed couple million, right? That's a normal decision that everybody has to make in that position that's difficult. He has the added layer though of if I come back to school and play like I did in high school, I'm going to make myself a lot more money and have a Jaden Ivey, Johnny Davis type jump where I have a breakout sophomore year and now I'm going to be a top five pick, a top 10 pick. And he can make himself a lot of money that way. He's going to have to transfer schools because, again, he's not going back to Milwaukee. And there are a lot of big-name schools that are interested in him. So if he does withdraw from the draft, I think then it becomes the intrigue of, okay, now he's legitimately in the portal. Where is he going? I think he entered the offseason with the anticipation of going in the draft. Uh, But we have to see the feedback he gets from teams and how things go in the pre-draft process because he could be a really late gem that somebody's able to add. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think that his decision is going to be very intriguing because you could wind up seeing Pat Baldwin Jr. hit the transfer portal. You could wind up seeing him 
going in the NBA draft. Like, I mean, everyone thought that he was going to be a lottery pick. His stock wanted to take it a nosedive based on the season, and we're going to call it what it is, rightfully so. And I think the least likely thing would be him coming back to UW-Milwaukee. I would put the odds of him returning to UW-Milwaukee about the same odds as him transferring over to Chicago State. I wish I was kidding when I say that, but I'm pretty much not kidding when I wind up saying that, as we do have Brian Ralph joining me on the podcast. And Brian, we have seen some very intriguing moves this offseason. We've talked a little bit about some of the teams that are getting guys returning that want to venturing into the transfer portal, maybe toyed with the idea of entering into the NBA draft. We've talked about some of the guys that are currently in the transfer portal that could wind up making a difference. But when you take a look at teams and what they're doing out there in the transfer portal, there are a couple that you feel like should be getting a little bit more love than what they deserve. Because I take a look at what we've been getting this off season and no doubt there's been a whole bunch of moves. One of the teams I look at is like a UNLV being able to bring in Isaiah Cottrell, someone who actually wound up playing his high school basketball in Henderson, which is nearby Las Vegas. And it's very solid. Elijah Harkless is going to be coming in as well. So I think that they've been able to do a very solid job this offseason. That's one that, in my opinion, is going under the radar. Love what Missouri's been able to do. Dennis Gates being able to bring in the top Juco players in the country. That has been rock solid. I mean, you're able to go just up and down the list of teams and all the moves that they've been making. But when you take a look at teams that maybe aren't getting the love that they deserve, are there a few that come to mind for you? Yeah, UNLV, I think it's worth mentioning. It's been two years now where they've done a great job in the portal. Last year, they brought in seven transfers. We talked about that's not something you like to do, but new coach came in and needed to kind of revamp their roster. And later on in the year, they were playing at a really high level. You go add some more key pieces this offseason, and I think they're doing a good job turning the program around fairly quickly there because of the portal and the job they're doing there. Obviously, Miami's done a great job. They had their week in the spotlight with Nigel Pat committing, especially, and then all the public NIL deals and the Isaiah Wong thing. But they've still been able to land a couple of impact transfers that are really going to bolster their roster and make them one of the uh, perhaps a preseason top 25 team, or at least a fringe top 25 team. One team, though, that I, I don't hear talked about a lot that I'm impressed with simply because of the situation is what Mac McMahon is doing at LSU. A lot of it is bringing his Murray State guys uh, from last year to LSU, but there was a, they were a team that at one point famously did not have any scholarship players on the roster. And they've done a lot of work in the transfer portal and are looks like going to field a pretty good team going into next season. They still have a lot of work to do and, and guys to get, but some of the guys they've been able to bring in particularly K.J. Williams, the reigning Ohio Valley player of the year from Murray State, and, and McMahon has used his Murray State connections to bring a lot of guys from that team over. But the fact that this team had no scholarship players and looks like they're still going to be somewhat competitive in the SEC next year, even though they're, they still have a good number of spots to fill, I think says a lot uh, about the job that they've done, and I think that should get talked about more. Yep, and I mean, LSU, all that they wound up going through with regards to that coaching change because they lost – literally every single <laughs> scholarship player. They might wind up getting back Adam Miller. He's still making his decision. Yep. That would be the lone scholarship player that would be returning from last year. And, and Adam he didn't Miller last year. I was about to say, he played as many minutes as you and I did for <laughs> LSU last season. So, yeah, that's very interesting to say the least. And, Brian, I know that you're doing a great job of being able to cover just everything that you've got 
just everything going on in college basketball in general. You're doing a great job looking at all these coaching moves that we've seen. You're doing a great job of being able to break down the transfer portal. Soon enough, we're going to be able to get conference previews, but obviously I think that you'd be in agreement with me here. Very difficult to do when you wind up having nearly 1,700 players in the transfer portal. Many of those guys still making their decisions. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow on, on social media and other platforms. Yeah, it'd be helpful if we got rosters set before we did all the conference previews. That'll play itself out here the next couple of months. And during that time, we're still going to have plenty of content flowing up on HeatCheckCBB.com, covering the sport this offseason from every angle. We'll have some NBA draft stuff that's coming up. Guys who have, have the decisions to make. Obviously, everything on top of the transfer portal, coaching moves as well, and some of the teams we like. Just some early preseason content, a lot of offseason buzz, and, and who are setting themselves up well for a good year. All that you can find on HeatCheckCBB.com. And Brian is doing a great job over there. He also does the Hope and Roth podcast. I know that they don't have quite as many episodes during the offseason as they do during the regular season. But that said, once we do wind up getting some rosters set, I know that he and Connor Hope are going to be doing a great job with that. Taking a look forward to the upcoming college basketball season. And Brian always does a great job of being able to bring it whenever he joins this podcast, along with legitimately everyone over there at HeatCheckCBB. The entire network does great work today with Brian. That delivered the goods. So a big thanks for joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we want to getting in college basketball on Tuesday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're back here in Love You Las Vegas, the Ghost of Ghost Hoops with myself, Greg Hoops Spears, and now part of the Eastern Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to get Brian Roth on the podcast. He does a great job with the Hope and Roth podcast. You're able to find that podcast wherever you get this fine podcast, holding it down with Heat CBB. All the gentlemen over there do a terrific job. Today was Brian that wound up joining me, so big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a little bit of a roundup as to all the news and notes that we wound up getting in college basketball on Tuesday. And Wound up seeing a lot of guys settle in on where they're going to be transferring to, like Russell Harrison. He is going to be going to Oklahoma State. As wound up seeing a couple guys wind up going to Oklahoma State. First was Harrison, Mr. Do-It-All over at Louisiana Monroe last few seasons. He's been in college, by the way, ever since the 2016-17 season when he was at the NAIA level. But while he was at L.A. Monroe, 13 points, right around 5.5 rebounds. Not a guy that wound up doing out the ball a lot, but shot 38.5% from three-point range as a six foot seven combo player. I like what you've got here with Oklahoma State because they also wound up going to more of the southern part of the country, to Texas State, and they also wound up adding Caleb Asbury, another guy that averaged 13.5 points per contest. Doesn't quite have the size of Harrison, but is someone that's able to be a little bit more of a facilitator, a little bit over two assists per game, something Oklahoma State really lacked last season with three-point shooting. They bring him in. He's able to shoot 38.5% from three-point range with it looking like Musa Cisse is going to be back in the fold for this team. That means that they're going to be able to protect the post quite well as well as he needs to come along a little bit with his offense, but defense was certainly there with him for Oklahoma State. They also are bringing in John Michael Wright, a little bit of a do-it-all player at high point. I'm not sure how he's going to be able to translate to the Big 12, but certainly some big moves made by Oklahoma State over the last 24 hours. They were last year on a little bit of a postseason ban, which really... I feel like had a big impact with regards to their play, so bringing in these two gentlemen, that is going to be very solid for them. We did wind up seeing a couple new pieces wind up entering into the transfer portal as you wind up seeing Chris Osten decide that he was going to be transferring away someone that last season was at Northern Illinois and just didn't wind up putting up a lot of production. Actually began his career at Arizona State and was at Arizona State too. Wind up putting up right around two and a half points per contest, uh, 16 minutes per game, so Clearly, someone that had a little bit of higher level was able to command some minutes at six foot nine. Just wound up doing nuts, nothing whatsoever at Northern Illinois. So, going to be interesting to see what winds up happening with him moving forward. This is always one that I wind up having a little bit of a difficult time with. But Malijel Potit, he was at Rice this last season. So, we give our Odalain Kiffinier. 
Goals. And he has decided that he is going to be transferring to Virginia Tech now. I think that this guy is probably going to be at the end of the bench for Virginia Tech. I mean, he wound up averaging 14 minutes per game at Rice. Did put up 7.5 points, 4.2 rebounds per game, but wasn't necessarily efficient. Someone that doesn't necessarily shoot the three well. Whenever he was out there on the floor, played no defense whatsoever at six foot nine. I think that there's upside here, but... I take a look at it. A guy that really doesn't shoot threes for Virginia Tech doesn't do a lot of good for them. I think that he's your classic 10 minutes and 5 fouls sort of guy. So I'm not necessarily sure what the fit is there, but he decided that he is going to be going to Virginia Tech. Jabe Mullins, he was last season playing at St. Mary's. Not a guy that wanted putting up big minutes as he actually did that more during the 2020-21 season as... That campaign, he wound up putting up 16 minutes per contest. More of a defensive stopper, only about 3 points, 2 rebounds per game that season, this last season. Once again, 3 points. He wound up shooting 37.5% from 3-point range, but certainly wasn't a guy that wound up being a big part of what they wound up doing. But now he's heading over to Washington State. Should be able to give a little bit of defensive toughness. I think that he's probably going to have a similar role with Washington State. Probably see about 10 minutes coming off the bench. I'll lend a little bit of playing time when needed as guys wind up getting into foul trouble. So he has decided that he is going to be going to Washington State. Brock Janik, he last season was playing at Tennessee. Just a guy that wound up being a little bit of a walk-on in general. six foot eight, 220-pound big man. But typically these walk-ons at these SEC schools, they are accompanied by other schools like East Tennessee State where he's heading. He's six foot eight, 220 pounds, has a relatively solid frame. Not a guy that's going to be spacing the floor and shooting a lot of threes, but when he was coming out of high school, according to 24-7 Sports, there was a little bit of interest in him from other schools. Typically, you are going to be finding that wasn't a guy that was super highly touted or anything like that, but I think that he could go to East Tennessee State, be able to command some minutes, and be able to do a solid job of being able to help them out. We did wind up seeing Jacob Tier. He, last season, was playing over at... Incarnate Word, he has decided that he is going to be entering into the transfer portal. Not a guy that wound up making too much of an impact for them as he wound up redshirting, 6'7", 225 pounds. A little bit of a combo player, but just was unable to get out there on the floor. So we shall see where he winds up landing along with Ethan Lynch. Last season, he was at Campbell. Wound up seeing playing time in eight games. He wound up scoring a grand total of one point. So really not a lot there. I think it's going to be interesting to see what we wind up seeing out of this D2 transfer, though. As we've seen a lot of D2 transfers wind up coming off the board, as this one is from Glenville State, one of the better D2 schools out there. You have John Williams transferring over to Florida International, Florida International team that they've done a good job of being able to take a look at the junior college level, being able to come in and do a solid job of finding these guys at the non-D1 level. And for John Williams at Glenville College, he averaged during the 2020-21 season 27.8 points per game in this last season. He wound up taking a little bit of a dip to gasp 24.4 points per game. Now, I will say, shot selection this last season and watching him, it wasn't necessarily the world's greatest, but he was sort of in a situation which a terrible shot for him was better than a good shot for any of his other teammates, which is why he wound up putting up the numbers that he did. Oh yeah, and along with his 24.4 points per game, he did wind up being able to shoot right around 44.5% from the floor, only about 30% from three-point range. Previous year, shot more like 40% from three-point range, so he saw a little bit of a dip there, but he also wound up giving the team 8.5 rebounds. 
nearly four assists per contest, a steal, and a block per game. This guy is six foot four, able to do a little bit of everything. This is a good gift for Florida International, a Florida International team that last year we're going to call it what it is. They were relatively poopy, and Florida International wound up losing quite a few guys in the offseason as their top scorer, Tevin Brewer, he is now out of the fold, so they're looking to rebuild a little bit. Aquan Spark came over from Maryland. Many people thought that he was going to be solid. Instead, it was a little bit of a stink burger for him as well, so going to be very fascinating to see what winds up happening there as we've got one guy that winds up going down to the non-D1 level after playing at the D1 level, so nice, clean, and easy for your handicap. Whenever you wind up seeing this, all you need to note is someone like Avantes Ledit, who is at Lamar. He has decided that he is going to be going down to the non-D1 level as he's going to Lamar State College of Fort Arthur, so he goes from Lamar to Lamar State, so I find that to be relatively hilarious, and I mean, he was a guy for Lamar that had a little bit of upside, right around four points. Did only shoot right around 29% for three, which for Lamar was actually not too terrible, but he decided that he was going to be going down to the non-D1 level. You wound up seeing Mason Forbes last season. He was playing at Harvard, and I talked about how St. Mary's wound up losing Jay, but Mullins, well, they get Mr. Forbes, who last season at Harvard was limited due to injury, only wound up being able to play in 11 games, but was solid when he was out there. Eight points, five and a half rebounds, nearly a block per contest. Not a guy that's going to be able to face a four or anything like that, but at six foot eight, 205 pounds, Harvard, not a team as necessarily looking to completely run roughshod, way up tempo or anything like that. A little bit more of a defense-oriented team. You should be able to fit in relatively well with a St. Mary's team that they were very efficient on offense, but they were still very, very slow and methodical with their pace of play. You should be able to come in, and you should be able to do a solid job there. We wound up seeing a former top 150 recruit in Keon Ambrose Hilton. He was playing at Alabama. He has decided that he is going to be going to SMU, and Rob Lanier has been able to do a solid job of being able to bring a little bit of talent into SMU with Ambrose Hilton. He wound up playing in 11 games this last season, but he suffered a pretty catastrophic injury going into the season that wound up limiting him. So, I mean, this was really a lost year for him. But over there at SMU, he's going to be joining Xavier Foster, a former top 100 recruit who is a 7-footer that's legitimately able to shoot threes, Samuel Williamson, and Ricardo Wright. So, I actually really like what SMU is doing right now. Now, you wind up losing a guy like Kendrick Davis. No way fans are butts about it. That's going to put you behind the eight ball. And for Ambrose Hilton, just didn't wind up seeing a lot of playing time in general. At six foot eight, he's a little bit more of a traditional post player. So if you wind up putting Key along with Xavier Foster out there at the same time, Foster going to be a little bit more of that stretch big man. But certainly someone that I think is going to be able to lend some quality minutes for this team. I think that he really just ups the play in general that you're going to be able to get out of SMU. So a good pickup there. Sarju Patel. He last season was playing over there with the smart kids at Cornell and wound up giving the team 9.5 points per contest for a Cornell team that they took a lot of threes. They played very much up-tempo, shot 35% from three. Actually began his career at VMI, another very up-tempo and fast team, and he's going to go to a little bit more of a low and slow team in Albany that could probably use a little bit of three-point shooting with Patel. Got to think that he's going to need to work on his defense a little bit more, but he is going to be able to offer that skill set of being able to knock down some threes. Is a guy that is going to have good conditioning for late in games as well. So I do think that that's going to be working out for them. Anton Brookshire, he was playing this last season at Missouri. Well, not necessarily giving Missouri a whole heck of a lot of anything. Only right around two points per contest. 
Someone who tried to shoot threes but didn't do so very well at six foot one. A little bit more of a facilitator in general. He decided that he is going to be going to Iona. Iona hasn't necessarily hit the transfer portal too hard this offseason. They've really been doing it via being able to get in recruits. But that said, Brookshire, he was number 169 in the country with regards to the recruiting class of 2021, according to 247 Sports. A little bit of a combo guard, though. In my opinion, needs to work on his shooting just a little bit, but a quality get for Iona. This is also a very quality get. You wind up having Amadou Fofana decide that he is going to be going from Canisius to Maryland Eastern Shore. Maryland Eastern Shore wound up opting out the 2020-21 season, and they were a top 15 team with regards to cover rate this last season. You take a look at the coaching job that was done by Jason Kraft, and it was absolutely tremendous. They were great on defense. They need a little bit more on offense and Fofana should be able to offer that. Not a prolific three-point shooter, but at 32.5%, it's good enough to be able to get the job done. This year at Canisius, 9.5 points, 3 assists, 1.2 steals per game. I think that he's going to be able to go into Maryland Eastern Shore. Probably going to need to play a little bit of a slower style than he did this last season, but other teams out there in the MEAC not named Maryland Eastern Shore, they typically play a little bit more up-tempo. He should be able to get down their style and he's just a little bit of a better player in general than you typically get out there in the MEAC. So I think that he's going to be able to go in there, be a double-figure scorer, and really help to run that offense. You didn't wind up seeing John C. Sterling average right around half point per contest. He was at NJIT this last season. He had decided that he is going to be entering in the transfer portal. So a little bit of a nothing burger there. A little bit more with regards to Gabe Dorsey. Last season, he was playing over at Vanderbilt for the Commodores, and he decided that he is going to be transferring to not just William, not just Mary, but William and Mary. For William and Mary, they lose quite a few of their top scorers from last season, and we're going to call it what it is. This team was by far the worst team out there in the conference. They just need any sort of production that they're able to get whatsoever. And with Gabe Dorsey, wound up not being able to see the floor really at all at Vanderbilt, but someone that for the recruiting class of 2021 was number 227, top 10 in the state of Pennsylvania. So got a little bit of a six foot six combo player. Dre's out on him a little bit from the tape that I wound up seeing on him coming into college. A relatively okay three-point shooter. Certainly someone that is a little bit raw, but you know what? William and Mary, they need all the help that they can get, so this is certainly going to be an upgrade for them. Bradley Aziwairo, he was playing this last season at LSU, and he's going to be going to Georgetown. Typically, we wind up seeing it go the opposite way, where gentlemen from Georgetown, they wind up going to LSU. We wind up seeing that a few years ago with the transfer of one Josh LeBlanc, but with that said, it is going to be Georgetown that is going to be getting, in my opinion, someone with a little bit of upside. With Azewiro, just could not wind up seeing the floor at all. He's a six foot eight, little bit of a more traditional post player. He wound up putting up right around one rebound per contest. Only wound up seeing action in seven or eight games. But with that said, this is someone that coming out of the recruiting class of 2021 had quite a bit of promise. Number 269, according to 247 Sports. Once again, not a guy that's going to go out there, pop threes or anything like that, but is able to be a relatively good traditional post player. So I think that he's going to be able to go into Georgetown and it's going to be able to lend some minutes and help out a Georgetown defense that we're going to call it what it is. They need help on defense. And then in my opinion, really the biggest move is a move that really wasn't made because Khalil Shabazz, he was out there in the transfer portal. I don't think that he wound up declaring for the NBA draft, though he might have, but what I do know is that he is going to be returning to San Francisco. I don't know if San Francisco is going to be able to get back to the NCAA tournament, especially with Todd Golden leaving, but they wound up hiring from within, much like they wound up doing a few seasons ago when you did wind up seeing Kyle Smith 
leave from San Francisco over to Washington State. They pluck in Todd Golden and boom, he was able to do a great job. But take a look at Shabazz and he did wind up giving the team last season 13.5 points per contest. That was actually down from the 15 points per game he wound up averaging a season prior. But 34.5% three-point shooter, someone who gave out right around two assists for his career, has been able to give you 1.8 turnovers per contest. So this is, without question, a big, giant boost for San Francisco. It's going to be a little bit questionable as to what you're going to be able to get down low with this team, though. They have brought in Tabra Gilabria. He was playing at Georgia Tech this last season. Seven foot one, but very, very raw. And they wound up a couple days ago bringing in Marcus Williams as well. So that backcourt, I think, is going to be prolific. And we always try to be prolific on this podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops. We're keeping you guys up to date as everything that we're getting in the college basketball world. And when we wind up getting things a little bit more shored up with regards to the transfer portal, because as it is right now, 1,687 players and counting are out there in the portal once we wind up getting more decisions made and rosters being crystallized. Going to be able to give you guys conference previews on all 32 conferences, and we're going to have everything set for the season. So if you do like returning from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever you your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind letters EM. They mean does not matter, size per usual. Please do send these into the timeline, and the other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Big thanks to Brian Roth of the Hope and Roth Podcast along with eCheckCBB for joining me in the second segment. Always do appreciate you guys tuning in and I'll be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for being here. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.